If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Hey, friends, Dolph here. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast bonus break episode. The bonus break is a short episode you can enjoy in less time than a coffee break takes and get the added bonus of making you and your nonprofit more successful. In today's bonus break, I'd like to chat with you about board succession planning. In our consulting work with nonprofit boards, we often help boards complete a self-assessment, and then we help them develop a governance plan to become an even stronger board. At least half of the time when we help a board with their self-assessment and then, of course, their governance plan, they realize that they need to redouble their efforts at board leadership succession planning. We have all heard that a nonprofit is only as strong as its board. And that is true, my friends. The vitality and success of your organization depends on strong and consistent board leadership. And that requires ensuring strong leaders today and planning for the replacement of those leaders when they step away due to term limits, life circumstances, or any other reason. While succession planning is something that we will often postpone, it is actually not that difficult. And when I say it's not that difficult, as long as, as a board, we include succession planning in all of our recruitment and nomination efforts and considerations. So succession planning really just requires three steps. The first is to identify the leadership positions that are crucial for board operations. The second is to identify those potential candidates that might fill those leadership positions. And then the third, and this is the one that sometimes trips us up, is to clearly define the process that your board members will go through to make sure that if they're a candidate for leadership, they are prepared and ready for leadership the day they step into one of those key roles. Now, the first step is probably the simplest, and that's just identifying crucial leadership positions. 
for the vast majority of you, that is going to be your board chair, your vice chair, your secretary, and your treasurer. Now, you might also want to think about some other roles, perhaps, for example, like your governance chair, if that's not automatically your vice chair. The next step, though, is to identify potential candidates. And I would suggest that you start to do that when your governance or your nominating committee sits down and starts to prepare that recruitment campaign. One of the things they're going to do is they're probably going to put together a matrix. They're going to say, hey, let's make sure we know what skills and connections and lived experiences we already have on the board so that we can know which skills, connections, and lived experiences we need to get on the board. Well, the additional item they need to be tracking in that matrix is leadership capacity. So that's who in our board is a prospective board leader. So who is a prospective board chair, board vice chair, treasurer, or secretary? And once they've identified those board members, it's going to be really critical that they reach out and have one-on-one conversations with those prospective board leaders to ensure that those leaders have both the willingness and also the time necessary to serve in an officer position. Now, let me also just say that the governance committee also needs to go out and have some conversations with the current officers, just so they can start to get a sense of which positions are going to be vacated over the next two to three years, so that they're not planning three or six months out, they're planning 18 to 36 months out. And just having those pieces of information, who is a prospective leader and also willing and able to serve as a leader, and hey, how long are our current leaders going to be sticking around, will inform your board recruitment process. Now you will know how many future board leaders you need to recruit in the next year. And hopefully you will have the goal of having at least two prospective officers for each officer position. That's right, my friends. If you are going to have two prospective leaders for every board officer position, that means you're going to need at least 12 board members, right? Because you're going to have eight people that are prospective officers, two each for your board chair, your vice chair, your secretary, and your treasurer. And then you're going to have four sitting officers. So that means at least 12 board members. And while we're on that topic, a good rule of thumb, if you've got 16 or 20 board members, is that at least two-thirds of your incoming board members should have the capacity to serve in a leadership role at some point in their tenure. That doesn't mean they start off as a board officer, but certainly at some point they should have the capacity to do so. And that will ensure that you always have possible candidates when an emergency or planned vacancy arises. And the final step is to prepare those prospective leaders for their roles. And there's a number of things that you could do for that. And one of those, obviously, is is just a really clear one. Have a defined job description. In part so that when you're talking to someone about, hey, can you serve as board chair, you're able to share that one-page description. Here's what our board chair does every every week, every month, every year, etc. And you have one of those job descriptions for each officer position. The next thing is to also give your prospective leaders the opportunity to actually shadow and be mentored by the current leaders. And so, for example, if you've got someone who's interested in being treasurer, 
making sure they're on the finance committee, making sure that they're shadowing the treasurer, and at times even stepping in for the treasurer. Maybe if the treasurer goes on vacation, maybe your prospective treasurer is the person who runs the finance committee meeting and then presents the financials at the board meeting. And then the final thing about having a formalized transition process is also being very clear about how people enter these roles. And so as an example, I might suggest that you have a vice chair who is recruited knowing that they are going to become a chair. And the chair knows that they will become the immediate past chair. And that might then be a five-year leadership commitment, right? So if the vice chair serves for two years and then becomes the chair and serves for two years and then becomes the immediate past chair and serves for one year, that's a five-year commitment. And so when we're approaching people about vice chair, we need to be upfront about that. We should not just be saying, hey, we need a vice chair right now. Can you do it next year? You could do something similar with treasurer. For example, a treasurer-elect who might serve for at least a year, a treasurer who might serve for two years, and then an immediate past treasurer that might serve for a year. And imagine the depth and the bench that would give your finance committee. And so, my friends, as you build your board succession plan, make sure you're thinking about not just the planned succession, but also the emergency transitions. We always know that life comes up. Someone gets a job that's across the country and they have to move. Someone has a family emergency and they have to step away, either temporarily or permanently. And of course, you're also going to have some leadership needs that arise where you're going to have to create ad hoc committees that you'll need strong leaders for. This might be a strategic planning committee, a capital campaign committee, or an executive director search committee. But if you have this cadre of leaders, these people that are in training, ready to step into formal officer roles, you will also have the leadership necessary to staff and lead those ad hoc committees. And the last piece, my friends, that I want to leave you with is that you should review and update your succession plan annually. Or, let me also say, after any significant changes, like, for example, an emergency transition of a leader or a prospective leader. That, friends, is our bonus break. I hope that you have gained some insight to help you and your nonprofit thrive. And I say this every time. But just want to always repeat it because the lawyers make me. I'm not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. If that is something that you need, please seek out a licensed, qualified professional in your area and get the counsel you need.